And a fine Thursday morning to you, listeners. We are back again for our 10th episode. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're at the big one zero. One zero. This one, is exciting. It is. One day we'll we're be in at double the... digits now. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> we'll, let's keep pushing for triple digits. Yes, sir. You know, and all of the things that that may entail. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Business Time brought to you by RL Technologies. You can find RL Technologies website at www.rltechfl.com. You can also email us at info at rltechfl.com. And of course, get into our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash rltechnologies180180 and like us, share us. Yeah, follow us, please. 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 And shout out to Mr. Fisher over here for his amazing work on the website. <laughs> We're uh, please check to... it out. Uh, it's 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 good stuff. We're trying to keep it real on there and give you guys yeah. as much information yeah. as possible. I appreciate that there, Mr. Lawrence. We uh, also uh, are on Instagram. You can find the show, Business Time, on Spotify, mm-hmm. Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio. Uh, we've been looking at the analytics, and we're getting listeners from all over the place, even, yeah. uh, even our website. We're doing, so, we're doing pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. And uh, shout out to the one listener we have in Canada now. Yeah, I think we think we <laughs> lost the guy awesome. in the Philippines. We, just, we we think that he might have moved to Canada. Yeah, maybe the same individual, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that if you have the opportunity to listen to us anywhere, it would be fascinating because when you bounce through that particular uh, website and with that particular IP packet, we'll know where you are. And so, yeah, go to other, go to other countries if you can and listen to business time. Yeah, yeah take <laughs> us with you. We'd love to go. For this episode, and after uh, speaking with Mr. Lawrence here at great length about, you know, how the show is going and, and where we're going to move on from it, we're going to do a recap episode. And that's what we've decided on. Every 10th episode, we're going to recap for you what we've done in the 10 previous episodes. So this way... If you have missed an episode, you may not be aware of it, but, you know, it'll give you the opportunity to, to take a, a quick recap down memory lane with us. Yeah, and if you don't have time to listen to every single podcast, you can check out every 10th episode. And if there's something that we, you know, struck a chord with that you just got to hear, uh, you know, we try to try to make mention of whatever episode that we were, were referencing. Right. And it's it's so important for us so that we have an idea of what our listeners want to hear about. We can blather on, you know, with with, you know, immense alacrity back and forth. But we would prefer to have a direction from our listeners saying, hey, we want to talk about this. We mm-hmm. want you to talk about that. Can you deep dive about this? In fact, Mr. Lawrence has created our Facebook group. It's a public group. Titled Business Time Podcast with an exclamation mark. This is on Facebook. And it, there's a there's a, a, a quick question slash survey when you bounce into it, which simply asks, what would you like us to deep dive? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want us to get into? Right. Yeah. And if you were, uh, if you know, if you're. If you're wanting us to talk about something, please uh, make sure that you're you're referencing what region of the country that you may be in, so we can right you know, make sure that we're a little more specific to your you know to to where you're at your demographic. Because with the, with with our experience, we know that the concerns of restaurants in the Midwest versus the East Coast versus mm-hmm. the West Coast, you know, are are very 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 different. 
they really are. <laughs> and so we, we like to be as precise as we can when we're speaking about a, a topic that you want to hear about. Right. So, but in our recap this week, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, take you to a restaurant that unfortunately just didn't make it. We're going to, we're going to give you a description of what happened with the Secret Sagittarius. It's a restaurant here that uh, Spex and I actually both, you know, patronized. And yeah, yeah good food. They were uh, an all uh, scratch kitchen. Yeah, which was unique. Um, yeah. But sadly, it was actually the the restaurant that got you and Cam sick. Yeah, so... Um, we don't think that that was actually part of why they closed, um, because they had a pretty good health inspecting, health, yeah. health, health inspector rating. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, we, uh, we'd actually given a timeline on it that was a little bit longer... Uh, we, 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 we didn't want to put the bad juju out in the in the universe. Yeah, don't want it in the um, ether. <laughs> but, Unfortunately, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, it is, and you know, we'll talk about what happened. Could it have been prevented? Uh, you know, what what would we do with that space? Is another question that I want to get into. But uh, yeah, we had the timeline on it, and it's just one of the things that as we move forward with this podcast, we keep efforting to our listeners is the plan and diving into something and just assuming that it's going to work isn't good enough. And I know some, a lot of people are out there going, well, who does that? Believe it or not, a lot of people right. do that. Well, and just, you know, you got to pay your bills. Yeah. got to pay your bills, people. It, sometimes uh, it may be lean, right? Yeah. You know, but you've got to, first and foremost, you've got to have those things paid up. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that. The other thing that we're going to talk about is uh, we're not going to go back on our pilot, but we will talk about your first episode where you were actually the first SME. We'll talk about ISOs. What are they and why are they important? Next episode that we're going to talk about is one of our listeners' favorite entitled Tip Pocalypse. This is the episode that we did that was referencing guilt tipping. And also, we talked at great length about pooling for the house and the mandatory listings for, uh, you know, that are found on receipts now for percentages to be paid. You know, and uh, there are the restaurants that are actually rolling their tip percentages into the cost of their meals. And what does that mean for the business and how is it affecting the customer? And the fact that it is still a trending talking point, mm -hmm. you know, and it verifies or quantifies, you know, what we talked about with Tipocalypse because we're continuing to see the numbers on the episode and we're continuing to see this talking point in the news. And we added a third mic, ladies and gentlemen, and with that third mic came no, additional not a, not a, another Not another Mike Fisher. Yeah, no. This, <laughs> uh, this wouldn't be the M-I-K-E. It'll be the M-I-C. And <laughs> the M-I-C here with the SMEs, we were able to bring in Chef Kyle Kennedy, mm -hmm. who is the sous chef down at the district. Fantastic SME. And he actually alluded to something that we're going to talk about here in a minute, which is uh, uh, Oakley's Wine Bar mm -hmm. uh, up in Alberta. Alabama, and that's with an E, ladies and gentlemen, not an A. If you go to the A, Alberta, you're in Canada. This is the E, Alberta, and it's kind of basically in the middle of Alabama. <laughs> so, but uh, we had the opportunity, like I said, to talk to Chef Kyle Kennedy uh, from the district. And then we had our first phone interview with Big Ed. Big Ed. 
bartender down there at Apple Annie's in Seville Quarter. Fantastic interview. A lot mm-hmm. of people loved hearing from the former left tackle of the University of West Florida. National champion. Yeah, right. that's Shout right. Out. The Argos, the Argonauts. Yeah. So if you're an Argonaut fan, we'll, you, we'll talk about that. You can quickly put on your blue and green and then quickly take it off. <laughs> So, but the other thing that we are going to talk to you about is, is how we're actually working on continuing to build the studio. It is almost complete and, uh, we got about like 1% left to do and where we envision taking the show. And this is another thing where like, if, if the listeners out there want to talk about live shows, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, is there something that we should can to maybe present it? And then, you know, release it at a later date. We can right. do that. Or we might even do, uh, you know, like Facebook Live segments. Yeah. You know, uh, now that that small percent that you're talking about is really just uh, getting the the final things put together so we can start doing the, the videos. That's right. Um, we're, uh, we're really happy with the way the studio looks now. It actually looks like a real studio. Well, and you know, we—it's funny, you know, not to not to uh, disparage uh, individuals that do podcasts with a laptop and a couple of stand mics, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, the headphones that they've borrowed from their son or daughter's gaming computer. <laughs> right. But you know, we 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 everything that we do here at RL Technologies, it's part of the OCD that. Ralph and I both share, there has to be a, a high degree of precision to it. Yeah, we're actually looking at uh, increasing the the, uh, the the sound coming out of our mics here. So, right, yeah, with a, another uh, piece of software, but we've invested heavily in our editing software. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent, uh, I wouldn't say exorbitant, but an appropriate amount of money on our mics, our stands, the board that we work with. Right. You know, you did a fantastic job procuring all of the, the soundproofing that we have in here. I mean, we not we not only have the soundproofing bricks, but we have curtains. It doesn't just sound good, it feels good. Yeah, it, it does. Looks it's, good. it's very nice in here. It is. So we've actually we yeah. you we've, know, been, we've got a coffee machine that'll be here today. <laughs> too, well, and we have a coffee nook. Yeah. It'll, a little little nook. Yeah. So but uh we've got our, our neon ATM sign and, mm-hmm. and we'll have uh, another sign and you guys will see that eventually we have plans to take this show into the video realm and yeah. do do both simultaneously. So we'll record the shows as right. we're creating the podcast. We wanted to get the sound uh, perfected right. first. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, from an engineering standpoint, paying more and more attention to it every day, I look at it and I say to myself, you know, what are they doing on this next podcast? Right. And what's funny is I've heard a couple of podcasts. These are individuals that are on the radio. And so their sound quality is incredible while they're on the show. And then they went into an environment where the sound is wrong, their distance is wrong, the mic setups are wrong, you know, and the board is, you can tell the board isn't filtering things correctly. And they're just like, well, we're just going to do this now. And it's kind of funny because you're like, wow, the production value on that is terrible. Mm -hmm. And we want to uh, actually start doing some shows on location with some of our merchants yeah. in, in their place you know so uh when this the sound does change we'll, we'll let you know if the if the locations change too <laughs> so. yeah and, and we're learning and it does it also doesn't mean that we're not going to reach out to individuals that have services that you know help render video footage yes, etc yes, we've, we've actually we've had we've, quite a few of them reach out to us yeah and so we'll be reaching back out yeah. to them you know one of the things that we'll tell you 
here is that while we consider ourselves to be good at what we do, we do not know everything. Right. So the, that's why we surround ourselves with people that are probably smarter than we are. We're self-taught on most things, and we're really good at that, but we don't we don't claim to know everything. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll talk about our SMEs. Of course, we had Chef Kyle, we had Big Ed, and then we had Samuel Jenkins, uh, Mr. Jenkins, yeah, Mr. Semi-automatic. Jenkins. Yep, with the uh, Durble uh, the Durple app. Yep, and he's still you know rocking it on doing a fantastic oh, yeah. job with that. So we'll we'll revisit that real quick. Our next show was Safe IDs and Safe Food. And we talked about, you know, food handling, how right. important it is. That's actually when we started talking about the Secret Sagittarius. That's right. That was the show. Right. So, but uh, the other thing that we talked about is a program that uh, uh, Mr. Lawrence and I have put together that deals with a specific type of middleman suite that, can be developed with a POS and an ID scanner. And it works into a program that uh, we have named the client or customer stratification program. I can't take any credit for that. That was all Mr. Fisher. Well, we were putting things together. There's something that you had read about, I had been involved with years ago before I even was working with you. And so we just kind of bumped into this idea, you know, here at, 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 at RL Technologies, we have this ridiculous saying, I know it's corny, but we, we tell people, don't panic, it's just organic. Yeah, don't panic, it's organic. Yeah, right? and it, it really does apply itself to the way that we do business when we're talking about the next step that you want to take with the company, and they're like, okay, well, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing there? We start talking about these things, and we just let it evolve organically through that process and we'll revisit things and actually what's what's interesting is this podcast has helped us with that mm-hmm. you know because it gives us the opportunity we will have fantastic conversations and come up with fantastic we came we had a conversation eight months ago about the possibility of rebranding rl technologies we had it over the phone and we we got into this fantastic conversation. We're bouncing back and forth, bouncing back and forth. Ladies and gentlemen, for the life of us, neither Ralph or myself can remember any of the finer points of that conversation <laughs> because we were also in the middle of doing 100,000 other things at the time. And so we talked about it, I don't know, it was back in like April or May, right? Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. like... What was that name? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't was, have a whiteboard to write yeah. things down on like and we do now. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you right now, it, we love the computer age. I myself am heavily steeped in it from a professional standpoint, but whiteboard it. Whiteboard, whiteboard, whiteboard. Definitely. Or even, you know, voice record it, put, yeah. it, put it somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Or note take. I'm a note taker as well, right. but that means I have a hundred different, you know, pads of <laughs> specs. You know, uh, Mr. Lawrence looks at me consistently and is like, "Okay, which pad are we using today?" <laughs> because I'll I'll misplace it. So well, yeah, different boards for different things. Yes, definitely. So we'll also talk about our first requested show and another shout out to Mokahana Sturgis, who is a general manager of several Bojangles famous chicken and biscuits fast food restaurants a chain up in north carolina they're not just in north carolina you no, told me this. man there's actually one in uh, mobile alabama I didn't down know here they do a, a cajun style chicken and it is delicious say and we're gonna have to go 
That's why you, you and I haven't visited that while Man, we were you know, in No, I don't need an excuse to go <laughs> anywhere. No. You just got to say, Ralph, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and, oh, well, yeah. all right. Now, normally, I'll take the opportunity. Hey, you know, we're here. We're in this area <laughs> doing this thing. Let's grab lunch. But no, you're, you're definitely the foodier. Well, you, you know, know, I'm trying, I'm trying to culture you. <laughs> it's been a long and arduous <laughs> process for Mr. Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen. He just learned recently what pistolets are. Yeah, <laughs> I did actually. But and no, hey, they're not finger guns. I was I was <laughs> able to identify scald for someone the other yes. day. Scald, ah, yeah. and and when they were like, they asked me what because that's completely out of my wheelhouse. And I was talking to a cook. I was talking to Cam's. Right. She's like, where did Fantastic you learn that? Cook, by the way. And chef. I was like. She's not a cook. She's a chef. Sorry. Well, yeah, she was um, impressed that I knew that term at well, all. And, and so <laughs> since, since we're on the topic, um, we will be uh, with uh, Oakley's probably uh, Tuesday of next week, uh, later in the afternoon, cooking them some of the items that we have on the, the menu that we've uh, built for them. Which is, I mean, all of this is a fantastic experience in relation to what needs to be done when you are setting up a restaurant. It's one of the things that we're we're going to do a segment, ladies and gentlemen. For right now, this segment is called Acorn. From Acorn to Tree, Oakley's Wine Bar. Ah. Yeah, catchy, right? <laughs> and we're going to continually talk every week about how the project is progressing because this this particular restaurant consulting job that we have is full house. Mm-hmm. And when we say full house, that means that we are obviously doing everything. Right. Um, from uh, We are actually and currently um, in the process of buying and procuring all the kitchen equipment, kitchen and bar equipment. Uh, we can't really do much until we've finalized that. We couldn't do that until we had engineered the menu. Um, and we, we basically just did a, a fun little mock-up menu to figure out what kind of equipment that we would need in that space. Um, that menu will morph, and uh, we're actually going to add a few items to it, remove a few items. Um, but right now, we're, we're uh, obtaining the equipment so that we can finish the AutoCAD drawing that has to be submitted to the state um, a health inspector's office. That's right, the Department of Health. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'll guarantee you that there are people that are thinking about opening a restaurant mm-hmm. or building one, and everything that you just said there is news well, to them. They just got all of the permits uh, for the for the building. So, and I told them, and, and they agreed, because they had actually, they, they had taken a step before they contacted us to contact the health inspector and figure out exactly what was going to be needed and, and required for that area. And uh, and he said, get, get it in ASAP because it takes about 30 days to process that. And, and they, we and talked they want about that, that in hand before they come out to your property to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be from that drawing. That's what they go off of. And then if it's not, and if you've made any changes that you haven't submitted, then they make you resubmit everything. It could take up to another 30 days. It's state of Alabama specifically what we're talking about here does does not get into any hurry no um, no so they're there the timeline that oakley's originally gave us was december and uh you know we you know we will be lucky to get them going the end of january right and you know, it's it's part and partial to dealing with a specific area you've talked right. to me about this several times they're just you know there are those those government agencies state agencies you know even local city agencies that can move things along and they process things and it may mm-hmm. just be the specific state down here in florida these things usually happen pretty quickly for whatever reason in alabama it's more like molasses yeah they it drag just their is. feet on everything um 
but we'll talk about that in some other <laughs> segments. And we're um, going to – we talked about this, and it's one of the elements that we're going to add to the show as we do additional projects. And we're not – obviously, we're always not on a project. We may be, you know, preempting the next project. Right. And we have our feelers out, and we have our understanding of probably where we're heading within the course of the next four to six months or four to six weeks sometimes. But we – you know, as we – acquire these new projects, we're going to let you, the listeners, in on them and tell you, hey, this is how we're going about doing this. This is the steps. This is, These are the missteps. Right. And, and keep in mind, you know, we are maintaining our current clientele right. as well. Uh, you know, we do monthly uh, upgrades and updates uh, down at Seville. And yeah. we, we have to physically do that ourselves. Well, in our, our calls to even all of our web-based customers, our e-commerce mm-hmm. co- customers, making sure that, hey, how are you doing? How are things going? You know, is there anything that we can do for you? This is something that we feel is greatly missing from a lot of the larger companies because they, you know, you'll deal with a salesman. They'll come in. They'll sell you on everything. You'll never see that human being again. In fact... With the exception of the installation of the equipment, you will never see another human being associated with that company ever again because your tech support is then all remote. Ralph and I are huge believers in boots on the ground and a name with the face. And Mm -hmm. that's just – it's, you know, it probably just comes from, you know, generationally where we were brought up. There's, you know, it doesn't matter whether you are a man or woman. You're looking at them in the eyes. You're shaking their hands. And they know that you're accountable because you're there. Right. Well, and we do. We, you know, we we like to 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 shop where we, you know, where we have customers. So we'll go in. We'll have lunch. You know, we just try to try to try to be around, right? Available. We pop in, take donuts to the to the accounting department. <laughs> you know, we'll you know we we don't want uh, people to think about us and go ah, you know, I got to call those guys. Hang on. Right. You know, it's more of a oh hey you know. Thanks for dropping by. And every time we do that, there's always something. And it's either something that they were planning on talking to us about. No, absolutely. Or that they had forgotten. Absolutely. You know, because we're we're constantly checking on them. Yeah. And sometimes it kind of shoots us in the foot because we, you know, we discover an issue that, you know, would have just probably gotten swept under the rug and dealt with uh, from a management side on on the customer's side. But we don't want that. No. We want people to be, we want everyone to be happy, even your lowest level manager you know, cook, dishwasher, you know, we, we like to talk to those people firsthand. Exactly. And, you know, those people are the ones that are dealing with the issues on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And, and when they come forward and they're, they're able to say, oh, hey, I thought it, it always impresses and surprises us because they will automatically reference their previous POS or payment right. processor. And they'll be like, man, I was trying to get those guys on the phone for four that hours. Pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are we a lot of expletives. to joke around about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole point of sale POS thing, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is, you know, and so. Because most of the time people have a really bad taste in their mouth about the, the past experience or I their think current experience. It, you know, and, and we can go into our, our recap now and talking about, you know, ISOs and what they are and why they're important. It's one of the things when you created your ISO that really I found, you know, as I was engaging in, you know, the, the you know, the business with your customers, the bad taste in their mouth, that doesn't reside with the company that they got rid of. Well, that and, and gets I, carried by you. I've been called psychotic uh, <laughs> because, you know, when most when most people would say, ooh, yeah, that's probably an area that I want to stay out of just because of the headache that it, that it does entail. 
Um, you know, I looked at it and, was, and said, hey, this is a, a niche area that, you know, I, I had dealt with just about every, I mean, every issue that you, you would deal with as a, as a manager of just about any establishment. I've run establishments that were, uh, you know, half of a city block that had 3,000 people in it at one time. Um, you know, you're having to having to shoot people with your foot to to get to the table to to deliver the food, you know, or or address a, a problem. Um, but uh, 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 well, it's funny because when we're dealing with that, and and I've seen it happen, we almost turn into a therapist because you have to get the information when they start to talk about that, and they're like, "Well, that's an area that I really don't. Let's not touch that right now." And so you have to coax them because you and I both know we've learned that that means that there is a problem area that more than well, likely has to be fixed. So I, you have I to get, bring it out of them. I get know? a little bit of PTSD, you know, <laughs> like right there. Like I kind of shorted out a second ago because I, you know, it's uh, it's it it strikes a chord. I've been there. I've been there at two o'clock in the morning when you when your reports just aren't right, and then you're going to bed knowing that you know the owner or the next manager or the accounting department's going to be hounding you as to why this isn't right or why it wasn't done, um, or you have to go back in the next morning and you have to call uh, you know your tech support line, and it's just it's just. It's not fun. Well, and what's what's interesting about it to me as well, from your position as an ISO, these people start looking for more instantaneous answers because there is someone right in front of them. Right. And it, granted, that's that's one of the things that we afford our customers is the ability to say, you know, it's like one of the one of the positives that we have in relation to order counter and the way that they set up their tech support is actually two pronged. They give us. Right. The ISO, the availability to remote into and fix minor problems that, right. you know, hey, it's a five minute. And with your experience with the with that particular POS or 90 percent of the POSs I've seen you touch and just your experience at the bar, you're like, oh, I know how to fix this instantaneously. It's the only system that I've ever uh, had my hand on that's actually given me the ability to remote into something no matter where I'm at. Which right. is tough. I've I've had companies that I've resold, and they say, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This we use this. We get you logged in here, and it only works like every third time, and it's never the time that you need it to really work." Right. So then you start going third party. You and I, you know, we're Which setting we up for tried. Team that, and even then, and that still doesn't work and... properly. You know, it, it, it's it's very interesting how the 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 RDP software interacts with uh, point of sale software it it's different than just logging in cuz i have vast experience you know using RDP different RDP programs or different support programs mm -hmm. and oftentimes it is the you know it is the computer but especially when you're utilizing terminals I've always said that there are pieces of technology and even pieces of software that just are idiosyncratic. You can't explain it. Mm. You and I were sitting up at The Post, which is one of our potential clients coming up, up in Mobile, Alabama, uh, with a, a great ownership group up there. Yeah, owned by Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy, Hall yeah. of Fame baseball player, yeah. fantastic individual. And so we're, we're talking uh, to them about a number of things, one of which is the, the, the stratification, the customer mm -hmm. stratification right. program. And, but we were mm -hmm. sitting up there, and we were both operating off of, uh, for the demos that we were doing, we had an order counter terminal right in front of us. 
and we were working on the remote application and you were on a Lenovo, but I was on a different model of ThinkPad Lenovo and my display wouldn't have allowed me to integrate into it correctly. And it was because of the ARM64 architecture of the laptop. Right. Well, you, and you were going into a demo, yeah. which is set up differently than what the actual terminal that I was remoted into. Right. So these are things that when you, terminals. yeah, when, when, and which work fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're looking at, but it, it, it highlights the fact that this is part also of experience, mm -hmm. you know, understanding, okay, this is what we utilize. This is how we utilize it. Um, you know, most of our technical support we launch from obviously because it's generally after hours, we're either launching it from the office, mm -hmm. you know, where we're working from desktops or laptops, or we launch it, you know, we're at home where we're oh, utilizing. Oh, no, I'm it. usually in the van. <laughs> in the van. Um, you know, our laptops, they're, they're nice Lenovo's with the exception of the, the arm. Technology. Yeah, the ARM64 technology. They, uh, they have uh, their own wireless uh, cellular cards. Right. So we have uh, we have service just about anywhere we're going, which, which is, is nice is and nice. it's important. But so you know, you created the ISO, and just to encapsulate, you're you're still actually working at restaurants. And the last restaurant you worked at actually was the district. Right. It was part and partial. People may 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 not believe this, but it was part and partial of your plan to actually acquire right. That Seville was one of the main reasons that I honed in on that. And at one point, I was actually working at three different restaurants, right? And you know, per week, and I was like leaving one to go work at another, to work lunch, go to another one. Next day, I'd be on the road, which I can testify to, to because I'd be like, "Hey, you want to get together?" And you're like, "No, I'm actually leaving from here, and I'm going down here." Right. So um, that, that I was I was only working in places where I was using systems that I either wanted to resell or that I was reselling. Right. Um, and one of the merchants that I worked for for a while, O'Brien's Bistro, um, he was one of my first clients with a company called uh, One POS. Right. And uh, I actually worked behind the counter. Well, it was a it was a casual fine dining restaurant. Yes. Uh, but I actually got to work behind that point of sale system for about a year and a half. Um, so I got real hands-on experience. They would call me and say, "Hey, you know, what do you think about this?" Because, <laughs> you know, I'd say, "Oh, it's trash." You know, yeah. Which is that's that's a better place to be than calling them and saying, "Hey, what's this?" <laughs> right, right. But it was also terrible though, because anytime the system went down, it was usually when I had a full section. So I'm like totally brain fried by the next day right. because I was dealing with you know, a full section of, of, you know, not so happy customers because of, you know, my quote, you know, my not so good point of sale system that we had at that time. Um, so I, so we've, I've, I've put myself in, in more uncomfortable positions behind point of sale systems than I ever want my customers to be. <laughs> well, and what's interesting about that is that from time to time you will have that individual working for you that has the capability of investing their time in the technology that they're working with, right? And so they'll know, and they'll become your point of information at that moment in time, which will help you, like, you know, in your case, he he didn't have to call tech support. You know what to, you knew what to do mm -hmm. to fix it. That is not always the case. And for those people that don't have that person, mm -hmm. then it then you're talking about the tech support phone call. And ladies and gentlemen, for us at RIL Technologies, that's huge for us. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we did partner with Order Counter because their tech support, as far as I've seen, 
is for a growing company, they are the best in the business. 100%. And they've given us more tools than any other company has allowed us to to utilize to to facilitate what our customers need. Brett Alexander, who we're going to give a shout out to here at the end of the show, uh, one of the current managers down at Seville Quarter. So Brett, he uh, he's one of the newer managers down at Seville, and anytime he has an issue, because we know each other, he calls me first. Right. And I don't think that he's ever actually had to call order counter directly. What's think- interesting about that too, though, is that that is, when you get down to it, that's what the ISO is for, is help to help foster that relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be an ISO. And, and and let's get into this for a second. You can be an ISO and you can say, okay, I sell the POS system and maybe you've chosen a point of sale system that has their own people. And, you know, you're an ISO, but you're more – nothing more really than a representative for, let's say – SkyTab mm-hmm. or a company like that. And, you know, you're doing payment processing on the side because obviously SkyTab mandates payment processing contractually with buyout clauses, et cetera, associated with it. But you went a different route. Not only did you want to stay payment agnostic because you saw the problem that the mandatory payment processing was causing, but then you went and built the company. You went and you you were like, you know what? I not only need an administrator for my company, a guy that can, you know, do whether it was digital editing or write things or work on the website or handle the IT, the actual network side of it. You went out and you got me. Mm. You're like, hey, Mike, back over here. And I was like, okay, what are we doing? But then you reached out to Matthew and you reached out to Kyle and you've reached out to all of these other people because you you realized okay it's about a team i need as much experience right. as i can get so that when i have these problems it is a call to me it is a call to the iso right well and actually all, everyone that you just named including yourself uh, i had worked with a pre, you know prior to rl tech with the exception of you you know i you and i met shortly after I had started RL Tech. Right. And then we had Fisher Cyber Consultants. Right. You know, but we had worked together in a capacity, you know, all of these people that you just mentioned. Um, that So it, it, made, it made it easy to put a, t- a team together um, because I had, you know, gravitated towards the best already. Well, what's funny about that is that, you know, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly, and it's been something that has been echoed to me throughout the entirety of my professional uh, commercial life, and that is being a good middleman means being able to create a team of people without having to micromanage them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, you know, you can point to me and you can say, okay, we need A, B, C, and D done. And it's just done. You don't have to keep coming to me saying, all right, this, you know, what, where are we here? Where are we there? But every one of the individuals that you have, you have, that's a skill set, in my opinion. There are a lot of people that want to be managers. They want to be business owners. If you are contemplating becoming an ISO, I would tell you this. First of all, ask yourself, do you have the ability to communicate with people effectively, non-emotionally, understanding that there are no personal items involved here, but you do want people that are invested in what they are doing? And obviously, that is coupled to being invested into what you are doing. Well, you have to be able to know people's uh, capabilities. Yes. And, uh, uh, you know, I feel like I've... Uh, 
I'm pretty good at seeing that for the most part. Right. So, and you moved, you've moved out to this point. I mean, it's, it's you talking to individuals, just yourself to, uh, an office, a team, a mm-hmm. podcast, you know, and, and this is growth and in, in some references of it exponential even. Mm-hmm. So, but it's one of the things that in that show, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the, the ISO one man's journey show of business time. And it'll, it'll give you a much better idea of the, the do's and don'ts, the steps you should take. And a lot of the things that you should consider. And when you listen to that show, if there's an element of it that you want us to get more in depth with, we'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. So the next show that we, we did that had, you know, a lot of resonance with people was tip apocalypse. Ah, great name, especially for, for Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's right around the corner. It is. Ooh, Tipocalypse. Yeah, maybe maybe you're a fan of the Marvel Universe. Maybe it's the DC Universe. I don't know. Maybe you don't like superhero movies at all. But Tipocalypse seemed to have struck a chord with people. Yeah, it's something that we'll probably do a whole other episode on yeah, here and, shortly. In all in actuality, we have talked about it so much that we don't really need to hit that much more on it. Suffice it to say that... I'm seeing articles almost daily, and these are not articles that are associated with uh, with websites or with periodicals that are that are restaurant centric. They are from you know just major major news broadcasters, mass media, and you know people are talking about. Uh, we I sent you an article off of uh, that I found on Instagram and. It was about a walkout yes. on uh, th- there was a there was a, a wake quote unquote and a funeral the, wake yeah a funeral wake and the individuals it was like twenty individuals went in they had a bill that was about five hundred and forty some dollars mm-hmm. and then they found out that there was a mandatory twenty percent tip on it mm-hmm. and they walked out right and that's actually that's common practice for most restaurants uh, to uh, add an automatic gratuity for t- uh, parties six or more. Right. Usually. Sometimes you'll see it, you know, parties five or more. What's funny is this wasn't a fast dine. This was just a common eatery. Yeah, well, and that, really. like I said, it doesn't have yeah. to be fine dining. It could be, exactly. you know, just a local Mexican restaurant. Um, yeah, but, or your, your favorite Italian place. Right, yeah. Right. Usually a table of more than four people becomes... Uh, it, it'll take up usually two to three turns. So they want to at least ensure that that server is going to get, you know, something off of that. And what's funny about it is I don't think it's a reaction in that particular instance as to the policy of that restaurant. It was an overall reaction to that's a buildup. Right. That's an, you know, that's a blow up where someone looks at the receipt and they're like, man, this has been happening too much at this place and this place and mm-hmm. this place. And, they're like enough, and then they show everybody else. You get the group logic going. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no, that's the worst when they yeah. say, "Oh hey, uh, you get the one Karen that sits up and says, oh, hey, guys, uh, they added eighteen uh, percent. Don't 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 tip on top of it.'" And I've heard people actually, and then they you get know, really loud about yeah, it. And, and yeah, and guys, you know, you you're you. Those are the worst people, in my opinion, because, like I said, you you know, usually uh, a server that walks into a restaurant that gets a five table section can ensure that as long as the, the restaurant is busy enough that they can get at least two turns out of every single one of those tables. And in order for them to make a living wage, you know, that's that's about how many table turns that they need 
to make a good to have a good night. You know, and the thing that that a lot of people would have to think about, and and ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean just to be disparaging towards any given individual, but bring your brain with you when you think about setting these things up. Just don't assume that everything is going to be handed to you on a platter in relation to, you know, this is what it's going to cost. This is what this is, you know, you ask questions because then you'll know that you're, pre- you're it's predefined right. for you because well, you're right. Those tables also are the tables that will sit there and talk. Exactly. For yeah. two hours. Well, and then you've got the, the, the nine kids who are running around the table, tearing up uh, straw wrappers <laughs> right. and just being extremely Get, getting loud. sick because they've eaten too many, you know, of the, yeah. of the candies they're from running the dish. up to the server station, asking the servers a bunch of dumb questions. They basically yeah. become babysitters at that point. That's right. Just know that you, you, you were a terrible person. But really, the reason that they do that is because, you know, like I said, on the off chance that something is just horribly wrong and you guys do, you know, do not tip, then they do get at least, you know, something off of that table. Yeah. Um, that's gar- guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. Uh, but for a server, just know that if you go in and you don't tip on top of that and they have a really bad night, that might actually cost them money because and no matter is, what. You, okay, so break this down for people because I was unaware of this just from the standpoint of what the server was was earning based and what on, they have to pay out. Based on your food sales in places like this and your liquor sales, Okay, um, let's say you know you sell a bunch of stuff and everyone just either doesn't tip you let's say it's just say on the off chance that every single table you have just leaves you a zero tip and you don't have the opportunity to autograd like we're talking here with the, the the 20 top right um then they still have to tip out the food runners the bus boys and everything else based on their sales so their liquor sales go to the bar their food sales go to the back of the house and you know when I say back of the house, I mean the 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 service assistants and the bus boys and whoever's being tipped out. Sometimes even the host. So you know they have to get paid. They they take that out of your check no matter what. So you know it it can. It sounds crazy, but yes, it can actually cost a server money. It and I've always been the. As I've said, I've always worked the security side of the restaurant industry when I was attached to it, mm-hmm. but. It was even the same there. If you're if you're working at a nightclub, when you're tipping out from the with the door, you get a portion of the cocktail waitresses. You get a portion mm-hmm. of the bar. You know, especially if it's a high volume nightclub or right. a, a quote unquote dance club, or if you're working in the gentleman club industry, you even get tipped out by the performers. Well, and I had an instance down at the District Seville Steak and Seafood. Uh, everybody, uh, all the servers run around with what we call personal banks. So at the end of the night, if you take in any cash sales or anything like that, like you have to turn that cash in and right. you get to keep whatever the difference is. Um, I actually had a table of six ladies that walked out unknowingly, uh, to, to me, like before I realized it, uh, and they had a $700 tab between the, the seven of them. You know, they had, you know, bottles of wine and, you know, appetizers and the whole nine yards. And uh, and I had to pay a portion of that out of my pocket. Yeah. And you, 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 and not only that, I had to pay. I, I mean, I wound up having to pay a lot because I, right. I paid uh, a portion of like what they considered to be their cost on the food, um, and then I still had to pay out uh, for all the food runners. Uh, you know, so it really it really cost me a bunch of money. 
Right. And if you are one of those seven, shame. Right. right. <laughs> We're yeah. just going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> so, but it's something that, it, you know, when we're looking at Tipocalypse, this is going to continue to morph and change and mm -hmm. shape. It's, it's very fluid. It's very organic. Don't panic. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's something, though, that is going to have to be considered because you and I have talked about this as we start to move into areas where, we're, you know, automation is going to affect this. Right. The tip pooling is going to affect this. Mm -hmm. Mandatory gratuity, cash discount systems. Mm -hmm. It's all going to affect it. And ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest concerns here, uh, and it will do a shout out to another individual that, that actually wants us to talk about the Fed, Fed rate, interest, et cetera, inflation, which is becoming so interesting in it, there are going to be stations where even now people are not spending as much money. Mm -hmm. We had the CEO of, the, of uh, Bank of America that came out six months ago. They actually predicted this. They they called it a pain, what was it? Uh, a, a, pain, uh, a pain point? Yeah, pain point. Yeah. Where, where individuals in the United States here were, with, especially with the processing fees and the inflation rate, mm -hmm. were, uh, inflation rate, were going to come to a pain point where they just couldn't afford to spend any more money. Right. And Bank of America came out, what was it, five days ago now, and we reported it on it uh, two days ago. And they said, yeah, we've hit that point. Mm -hmm. we're, we're noticing market, market downtrends in relation to people's transactions. And then two days later, we got the report from Bank of America mm -hmm. and Chase Manhattan and Visa. And they said, yeah, we're, we, they saw something ridiculous like $184 trillion downtrend mm -hmm. in credit card processing right. over the course of like a three-day period and they were like yeah this is we're in free fall here this you know the economy is about to shift yep oh yeah uh, we're gonna see some major changes here and uh, we're gonna try to stay on top of them for you yes definitely it is something that we you know as we we've talked about what we're evolving into as a show we are going to have to start talking about the economy to some extent and, yes. and we'll get people oh, yeah. in here to talk to you we're not economists mm -hmm. you know i don't have a phd in economics no but, but we will do our best to bring you the you know the most current information on, right. on what we're talking about so and we're going to move on from that. We're going to we we've talked briefly about our SMEs. One thing that I would just say in relation to our SMEs, once we got a third mic in here and, you know, we became technically more proficient in our call ins, etc. Go check out the episode with with Chef Kyle Kennedy and with Big Ed and, of course, with Samuel Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, Ralph here was our first SME. Mm -hmm. You know, so dial into those as this goes on. Ralph and I have decided that we're going to try and do shows live or at least and on location right. with our customer bases mm -hmm. as often as possible. Now, this is we're still working this out because these people's lives have no room. <laughs> yeah, we're so kinda, they're going to have to make room for us. Yeah, obviously. we're like, hey, will you sit down with us for thirty minutes? Yeah, and they're like, I got five. What do you want? And it's like, no, yeah. no, no, that's not a problem. Right. We just want to talk to you. But we, yeah, we we've literally just finished building our studio in the office, and then you know now we'll kind of transition to our our mobile studio. We're going to yeah, we're actually going to put together. We're going to build a tech stack for right. a, a remote location. It'll be slightly different, but. 
being ever mindful of the quality of show that we're mm -hmm. producing from a sound standpoint and engineering standpoint, we want to take that on the road. Right. So, you know, we're building it mm -hmm. and, and we want to bring it to you because one of the things that we promised you in the pilot was that we're going to talk to people that are in the industry. Ralph and I talked about this ad nauseum and we, we definitely came down on the, the belief that just applying SMEs that are handling it from an intellectual or academic mm -hmm. standpoint or exercise isn't sufficient enough. Right. And a lot, and a lot of the part of the reason that we want to become a little more mobile is because of how mobile we are as a company. You know, we we have to we go to our customers. Right. So we need to be able to to bring you with us. And uh, that's what we want to do. And I was uh, continually fascinated by the little intricate things mm -hmm. that Kyle brought to us, that, oh, yeah. that Chef yeah. Kyle brought to us, that Big Ed brought to us, uh, and even uh, Samuel Jenkins, semi-story. You know, oh, yeah. there are these little intricacies that you get, both hardship, benefits, great things happening that you can't get from an individual that hasn't taken the knowledge and applied it on, you know, for lack of better nomenclature, on the street. Right. They're not in the fight. Yeah, and we're going to, you know, you've probably noticed that we've uh, been using a lot of SMEs out of our own out of our own toolbox and our our own uh, customer database. Uh but we will move into to to talking to other people outside of our customer base even. Um you know, we just we were experimenting with uh, with our people first. Right, in our project. And we still have up. some people that we're going to cycle through on our end. But we will start bringing more more strangers in. If and you will. It, it's also a point of being able to contact them. And we had to build the podcast mm -hmm. first. And mm -hmm. you know, for only being ten episodes in, and our numbers are already growing. One of the things that you and I identified right off the bat is there there are foodiers, there are chefs, there are people out there that have podcasts that you know that touch on this industry. But for the life of me, I couldn't find a podcast that dealt specifically with this industry, especially from this point of view. Well, the the ones that you can find are all tethered to <coughs> to a larger company like Shift for or Toast or, Toast, or yeah. even oh, we found one uh, that uh, Square does, um, and it's all and actually it's through yeah it's through a uh, it's through a company that that handles you know advertisement campaigns right. for other companies. And they were reaching out to us because we have we had touched on it before. They were talking to us about our podcast, right? And we—that's uh, something we'll be talking about probably on our next podcast, yeah. uh, where all that will be uh, showing up. Uh, we're partnered with a company called Studio ID, and they're going to be pushing us on their their platforms, uh, specifically the restaurant dive, and I think the payments dive. You know, as and well. after we after we do that and we deploy that, one of the things that we're going to do, because this is something again that's hard, we, you know, we, we've got to, we'll do the shout out segment at the end of the show in relation to people that have messaged us with ideas for the show. One of the hardest things is to pull together a group of people that can run your business, but can market your business and help you make decisions into designing things like brand guides and playbooks. And these are pieces of nomenclature where it, even through academia, if you haven't touched them, you don't know what they are. Right. And you need them. 
Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, oh, you, yeah. you need these things. Yeah, it's something as small as a brand guidelines. I know. <laughs> Which I was know. that was that was a new piece of nomenclature to both Ralph and I in relation to the specificity of what they really wanted. It, you know, because it back in the day you say, okay, I'm developing my logos. This is the commercial advantage that I want to take. This is my mission statement. The degree of specificity now, especially because of, you know, the internet and social media, yeah, et cetera. The, digi- the digital aspect of Yeah, things. is just changed that entire thing. So when we finish with that process and we're actually, the playbook actually gets delivered, we'll take you step by step. Well, we even have a, 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 a consultant that we're going to bring on yeah. uh, to do that. My my sister, my own sister went to That's school right, for, for advertising and uh, multimedia and, and marketing and, right. and, and digital media. This this is this is going to be a huge show, mm-hmm. I think, because it'll be it'll be vastly important for people to say, okay, well, this is this is how we do this. Right. This is how you can attack this. This is what it's probably going to cost you. Because you'd be surprised. You actually, no matter how small you are, you're going to have some sort of graphic design that goes into detail, whether it's for the menus, the the logo, um, you know, marketing materials, you name it. And how that changes. I mean, you you would. You had one design when I was first aware of your business. You've gone through several different designs in that process. And then once once you hired me, we went through a final design. And mm-hmm. then we had to design other graphics for our podcast, for the card specifically, for shirts, you know. And so, yeah, the marketing and how you, how you present your company is – Probably one of the because they you know the old saying is true you never get a second chance to make a first impression right right and even with naming your company we talked about that with uh, our SME Simi yeah. Samuel, Samuel Jenkins um, you know the the amount of thought and effort that needs to go into even naming your company that's right you know and, and what is your what is your brand going to right. be right you know so but definitely a a a fascinating topic that we'll get into and we do have several SMEs to start bringing them on talking mm-hmm. to you about it uh, as we we talked about we're going to start detailing for you the first steps next steps that we we did we take in relation to our projects mm. and you know i'm not saying that you can you will be able to build you know a binder on this you know but it'll give us the opportunity to highlight topics for you and as the listeners if you hear us hit on something okay if we're talking about kitchen equipment one of the things we talked about with chef kyle was coolers right you you wouldn't expect it, it but he was like you know coolers coolers well, <laughs> that was his point, maxim you know it's all about space yeah and you know you can't obtain the same type of space with a three-door standalone cooler that you right. can with uh, a walk-in cooler. And what that's going to take up, because you're actually, with those pieces of equipment, you're actually taking up floor space, right. whereas with a walk-in cooler, you're almost assuredly extending from the building for it. Well, sometimes, not not all the time, especially at Oakley's. Uh, they're actually uh, they're taking up some of the kitchen space for this walk-in cooler, but it's it's ne- it's, it's a necessity. Yeah, right. it's, it's definitely necessary for sure. Which is fantastic because for every business owner, it's part and partial. You know, they have a dream and, and they have an idea. And it, as that grows and as that sits, you become, in my opinion, a little bit less flexible as to what you want to right. do. But then 
that's part of hiring a consultant because if you do it at an earlier enough stage, you're still malleable. Right. You, you can say, okay, I can I can change this because this is more practical or this is more cost effective right. or just like you taught them from a functionality standpoint, right. we just have to change this. Well, then even thinking, you know, six months, six years down the road. Um, you know, with how tough things are getting with buying products, you know, you're you're going to get the opportunity to buy something in bulk, but only if you have the space to keep it fresh. Um, and let's talk about that right now, since we're since we're on that topic, and you know about the you know the uh, about the acorn to tree you know build that we're going to do. Well, let's bounce back real quick and talk about the secret Sagittarius. This right. is a place that you and I both forwarded on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We I was talking about it to other people. Right. Their food was transformative. It would literally transport me. They had a burger there that. It wasn't even named the Islander or anything like that, but the it was identical to a burger that I had had in in Honolulu, mm-hmm. and I was literally transported. It was that good. Yeah, and we I stumbled across that place uh, with a with a friend of my father's. Shout out to to Russ Queen. Yeah, uh, he just recently retired from the school system. That's we right. were bouncing around having a boys' night, you know, cigar <laughs> filled, you know, shenanigans. And we looked down one of the streets as we were making our way to another bar uh, downtown. And uh, he goes, "Oh man, look at that place! It's a brewery. Oh, we got to check that out." Yeah, and to make sure that we paint the right picture, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that know the nomenclature associated with those type of of scenes. Pensacola's Palafox downtown is a crawl scene. There are a million bars, yeah, and you're just nice. bar hopping yeah, from one place to the next. It's kind of like a, like a little Bourbon Street. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to compare it to that. Well, but it's, it's not you're as right long, though. It's very it's it's like that. Yeah, you, you know? can start at one end, bounce and, around, yeah. and you know, and, and you're 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 feeling really good by the time you hit the the other end of it. Yeah, um, but there are some little bars that are kind of offbeat the beaten path, just like in New Orleans. There's yes. some of my favorite bars that are not on Bourbon Street. Um, and uh, that's how we found the secret Sagittarius. But sadly, that's also, in my opinion, part of their demise is that they uh, they were a little, you know, they, they were 100 feet too far for most people. And it, it was just that simple. And what's funny, well, it's not funny, but what's interesting is that where they were located in downtown, there were there were good eateries on both sides of the street that connected to Palafox yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. And you were a stone's throw away from the from the the uh playhouse mm-hmm. downtown the theater and so go get something to eat go to the theater and even that didn't save them right and so, they had really good specials they had you know they brewed their own beer they actually won second place in a, in a contest uh you know at the beginning of the year or maybe the end of last year i can't remember it, it was 2023 um, they won second place or uh, i think the war the award down in pensacola is actually called not as good as the first, <laughs> but they won that. Now we need to state right here uh, that as far as we are aware, the brewery is still opening and operating. It was we hope. just, we hope. it's just that this venture, right. this side of the venture, just didn't well. And work we out. and we talked about when Mike and Cam's got sick. I specifically noted that it was because of their lack of volume and they right. were probably carrying things over like too long. cream cheese ragoons and, you know, a little, little, little too long. And with the lack of traffic, that also means lack of money. Exactly. So you're not spending. Right. Right. So in relation to that, we know now that the business closed because of an issue with taxes. 
And, you know, that's publicly stated on the front door. And what we want to do here is not, you know, not not uh, besmirch them for that, but talk about the plan that you need going into. It's one of the things that like when we look at Oakley's, when we look at, at, at Jill and Lee Sullivan, they have that plan. They're very money wise. They understand what it is that they're doing and that there are calendar elements to surviving in the restaurant industry. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, that includes, as as Ralph has said, you're going to have to pay your bills no matter what. The money has got to be aside. Right. Even if you need to go to the bank and create op- you know, loans for operational costs that will assist you in putting that money aside, you have got to do it because those people have absolutely no sense of humor mm-hmm. and they will come back to you in a millisecond and close your establishment if right. you're not paying what you're supposed to pay. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's tough. It you is. Can't, you can't always move as quickly as you want to. Because you're you're not able to to move the money into expansion or right. or development, uh, you're just trying to stay open, and, and that's and, a lot of the problems yeah. that people are having right now. Because oh, a, nobody's spending money, so nobody's able to to put money back into their infrastructure of the business to try to help them, you know, do better for the next year. And it's one of the things with uh, one of the individuals that is part of the RL Technologies team, a gentleman by the name of Matthew, who is actually the only individual of the team that's outside of Pensacola. It's one mm-hmm. of the things that we're going to bring him on eventually to talk to uh, our listeners about is marketing specifically. Mm-hmm. He's got a degree in it. It has been it, he has been deep broiled into that aspect of running restaurants and fr- franchises. And I think that's going to be an amazing and interesting discussion because I think it's probably one of the greatest fears for any restaurant owner. How, it can't just be the food. How do we get people here? Right. You know. And even, you know, he's actually working in uh, the 30 Rock building. Yeah. The, the Rockefeller building. Yeah, 30 Rock Plaza. Yeah, th- uh, Rock- Rockefeller Center Plaza. And uh, he said even they have issues from time to time. That's uh, right. Getting people to come in the restaurant. And this is a guy that when they brought him in to the district, mm-hmm. he completely reshaped their digital media platform, oh, their yeah. specials, he, he how they were reaching out. Skyrocketed, you know, put them into a you know, a whole different trajectory from where right. they started. They were at the make or break it point. And right. he he came in just right at the at the perfect time and, and he made it. And that that's going to have to be very important in relation to, you know, how you're moving forward with the business mm-hmm. is something that I'm sure everybody that wants to do this or if they're already part of a restaurant from a managerial or ownership position, how do I get more foot traffic? Right. How do I get butts in the seat? Mm-hmm. So yeah, meet in the seats. Yep. Definitely something that we're going to talk about with our continued SMEs and that that's how we're going to evolve with the show. And it's definitely what we're going to do in relation to talking about our customer base. And so the next thing that we, we talked about is automation ah, and AI robotics, robotics. Yeah. And we have seen, uh, not drastic, but continued examples of this entering into the workplace. Uh, we have a listener up in North Carolina, Mokahana Sturgis, uh, who's a general manager up there of uh, uh, several stores associated with the Bojangles franchise. And she was making the correct assumption that it was something that she wanted to start hearing about. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking about it on this show. It, it, and you brought it to my attention when I first started working with you, say, hey, you know, this is something that we have to, and 
we're knocking down people's doors, even from like the POS standpoint, when they're like, yeah, we, we got our first robot and we're playing with that. And we're like, yeah, you need to do more than that, Slick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so we don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's coming. really hard because we know that uh, we're we're in a in a, a teetering position that it could go, you know, one of two ways, and we want to we want to go the right way. Exactly, and I think that if it, like like you were saying, if you're ill prepared for it, mm-hmm. the, this is going to happen so fast because it's a, we see this in bulk segments, no action, no activity. You know, we won't hear anything for three or four months, and then all of a sudden, boom! McDonald's makes this change, Taco Bell makes this change, fast food restaurant makes this change, Chipotle. Well, it was really quiet. Yeah. Now, now it's like every time I pull up my my email or or I start looking into some of the to the publications that I keep an eye on um it's something you know some company is buying another company or giving a tech company 30 million dollars to develop you know a right. piece of technology for tortilla making or uh, frying chips and or- there the proof of where we are in this ladies and gentlemen is they are not going to automation centric industry standards and saying, okay, build me this. They're going, like you said, they're dispersing the money. They're like, okay, let's try this company over here and see what their process is right. like and see what their their product is like. Well, and Mike brought up a good uh, argument the other day when we were talking about OSHA and robotics because um, uh, these uh, franchises in the, in the restaurant industry are going to try to take a, a page out of the, the automotive industry. Probably, and yeah. like you told me, they keep everything separate from humans and machines to keep out that that level of of error uh, or you know uh, uh, liability. Yes, sir. To to harm humans, um, this is where it'll get really interesting for the restaurant industry because it'll take some time, in my opinion, to completely move uh, that portion of the workforce out of that industry. Um, but they're going to have the, the robots are going to have to work in harmony with the the actual humans for some time. And we're tripping over things that like what's funny is we're tripping over things that we were unaware of. We're in the industry. Um, my uh, my my uh, better half cams has a surgical procedure mm-hmm. a week ago. So we're at home. We want to order food, have it delivered. And the next that we go through Panera, we're ordering something from Panera, trying to stay healthy, right? <laughs> and and uh, uh, we we go through the application, and the next thing the application is asking us for is, do you have an Echo? And so we log into you know our our Amazon account, and then the entirety of the order process from then on is actually handled by Alexa, the the Echo. We were unaware of this. I had no idea that Panera was integrating with Amazon, but there it is. And that's going to be part of the whole uh, like robotics and AI frenzy that's currently happening right now. Right now, everyone is trying to to develop products. And then once those products start being developed and and moving into the industry, then it'll be integration. Okay, and then that's when, like we we made reference to in in that episode, uh, that the point of sale companies like Toast and Shift Four and Spot On will start their buying frenzy exactly and attaching themselves to certain pieces of, of robotics that are, are make them exclusive to their product. So if you want to use that tortilla machine, then you have to go Spot On, or if you want to use that specific type of fryer, you have to go with Posi Touch, which is owned by Shift Four. 
Right. And, you know, then eventually the the integration will yeah, stop. The, the bar robot will It'll, be owned by SkyTab. Well, and, and you know, that'll and be the POS. Each individual, and the each individual POS company will basically turn into like a tech robotic company. And they will and, be buying tech robotic companies because they can't go out and attach themselves to. They can't develop. Right. right. They're, they're going to have to develop their own. Exactly. So they'll go out and like you've taught me, it's not it's not even the payment process or the, the POS company. It's mm-hmm. the payment processors that own them. Right. So, yeah. And so the payment processing company doesn't have any experience in robotics or even AI. Mm-hmm. Well, some to some extent AI. But, yeah, they're going to have to go out and just procure companies that are already doing it. Well, and then like just like you said, AI, you know, a lot of these fast food restaurants are moving AI into the uh, the um uh, the delivery, Inventory well, and the de- delivery. Audio, I mean, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. The uh, the ordering process. Right. Whenever you pull up into the line, uh, you're usually, at, you know, now you're talking to a human being. In the next year, probably even half of a year, that'll go away, and you'll start talking to uh, an AI uh, or just a robot. And it'll be interesting to see how people handle that. Mm-hmm. We're and that's where we start to enter into what you and I were talking about, where. We'll see, to use this term again, a stratification of clientele that are like, okay, I'm pro AI, I'm pro now, I don't care, just give me my food. Right. Well, it's already happening. You've got it, uh, like, and I made reference to this in that episode um, about how I tried to go find that McDonald's right. in Denver. And I meant to say it because I looked, I listened to the episode. I didn't specify. I was looking for the autonomous uh, McDonald's, the completely autonomous McDonald's in Denver. And there is one there. there is I couldn't find it for the life of me, but I also only had a day in Denver. <laughs> well, yeah, you weren't actually in Denver. Yeah, you came down from by the from time. The mountain. Well, no, I was in a Denver for a day before we flew. Oh, out. okay, all right. And uh, by the time I hit my seventh one, I just said, "Okay, forget it. I'm done." Yeah, and <laughs> so... I don't, I don't, I don't want the Big Mac anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat at every one, but I definitely went to seven different ones, and I could not find it. Um, but. Yeah, things are things are going to get really weird. It's um, going to get strange, and there's going there's going to be a division. There's going to be a polarization of right, the customer base. It's right. going to be like, oh, automation, cool, fast. Like you said, one of the things you reference, the same. No matter where I am, right. Chicago, Philadelphia, Denver, L.A., Miami, perfectly the same, mm-hmm. and therefore the company lines for income and for profit loss. Right. Exactly the same. Well, and you'll see companies that have stayed regional, like uh, In and Out Burger, for so long. They would not move out of that region that they that they started in because they couldn't control the consistency. No. And you know, eventually, that will be probably one of the, the beneficial things. You know, there will be an an In and Out Burger next to every Starbucks. Because those, yeah, and In and it's not just the food; it's their hiring policies and exactly what caliber of individual right. they want behind that counter. And Correct. they've been criticized for that for years. You know, if if you lived within the vicinity, within a thousand mile radius of an In and Out Burger, mm-hmm. that's the thing. They're like, oh, we're gonna get an In and Out Burger. Oh, I know. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it never happens. The last city that actually was targeted with that talk, uh, the scuttlebutt, as it were, was Denver. Yes, and they're like, yes. oh, Denver. Mm-hmm. They even they. I remember one time they mentioned it in Fairbanks and in, in Alaska, where I was living at the time, and it, all of us stood around and was like, you know, we've been praying for an Arby's. We're never gonna get. Yeah. Yeah, we're never going to get an In-N-Out well, up what's here. What's funny is uh, for a long time, you couldn't get um, In-N-Out Burger or 
what's very popular down here in the southeast, Whataburger. Whataburger. Well, yeah. now there's actually a Whataburger in Denver. There is. So there you is. know, so shout out to Whataburger for for going you know, into Denver for for sticking it to to In and Out. Yeah, but um, we didn't even know this. I heard it off of I was listening to a sports radio station right. in Denver, mm -hmm. and they they. We were listening to it because obviously Ralph and I have both lived in Denver, mm -hmm. and they had a no tornado abs. that went through the Highlands Ranch area, right. and we're like, "Oh, you know," and talking about it. And one of the individuals was like, "Yeah, I know for a fact that we have power in this area of town. Uh, I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to grab a water burger." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> they don't yeah. have water burger in Denver, and then it turned out that they did. And it's what a burger, not yeah. not water burger. Yeah, not water. I burger. called it water burger for the first twenty years of my life. I just what's funny though is when I first saw the sign, mm -hmm. I thought it was a Winchell's or not a Winchell's. It was um oh what is that name? Um, it wasn't Winchell's. It began with a W, and they specialized in corn dogs and oh, Wiener Schnitzel. Like. Wiener Schnitzel, yeah, yeah. yeah, because the 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 I the logo looked almost exactly right. the same. Mm -hmm. I used to love a Wiener Schnitzel too, man. I, you know, <laughs> I'd kill for a Wiener Schnitzel. You know, hit that corn dog. They used to have one. The last one that I ever saw was in San Diego. Mm -hmm. But you know, again, I, I feel sorry because the fast food industry is having to deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the customer base just doesn't want to pay attention. I'm I I'm always fascinated. It, you know, growing up, I was born in Aspen, Colorado. And so when you back in the day when you would drive from from Aspen, Colorado to Denver, you're looking at anywhere from a four to a six hour trip, depending on where you left from. Right. Where's a Carbondale, Aspen, Glenwood. Mm -hmm. When you hit the halfway mark, it was basically right there at about Vail. And you made a right turn off of I-70 and bam, you hit an A&W. Oh yes, oh, and, it, and they even oh, had the and roller skaters. Fun and little else. snippet about A and W, um, and this is and something we'll talk about later. Um, when the quarter pounder from that's I what I was, was going if it was McDonald's or no, if it no, was, that's what I was going to bring up. It was Burger King, yeah. But they actually came out with the the one third pounder, which, which is we all know more is more pounder. meat than the quarter pounder, and it actually it it failed. They they did not succeed in in ousting McDonald's because people thought that the quarter pounder was more meat than the, than the one, third, third pounder. pounder. Yeah, that's yes. what I was going to bring up. And so they're dealing with this with the the misinformation or the, mm -hmm. the you know the misidentification of the customer base to begin with. Right. <laughs> you know, and sometimes the customer base isn't you know just really isn't as a whole that bright. You know, and they'll they'll be like, you know, like you said, you know, this misconception that uh, a third is less than a fourth. Right. Well, and that goes back to uh, something that you you'll hear people say all the time. And it's usually people that weren't were never in in business. They always say, oh, you know, the customer is always right. And we say that because, yes, to the customer's face. Yes, yes. you are right. The customer is usually 100% of the time wrong. Right, misinformed. <laughs> but you want them to yeah. come back. So, They're yes, right. we cave. And, you yeah. know, the customer is always right. Right. We'll but, make that. We'll make this deal for you. We'll give you this thing gratis, right. whatever the case may yeah. be. But, yeah, it, with the second they walk out of the door, and this is for the customer base that listens to us, right. you were wrong. You either read something wrong or you were misinformed or you didn't have the correct idea going into the situation. Mm -hmm. And then you got embarrassed. And then you made a stink about it. And so, you know, like you said, management caves get you out of the store on about your way. Right. But 90% of the time it's, you know, in the, in the IT industry, we used to have, you know, just an acronym for it, you know, 
problem exists between the keyboard and the chair. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, and, and, you know, that's what the acronym stood for. It's, and Yeah, the problem usually yeah. lies between the, the plate and the chair. That's right. It is. So uh, it's the user on that. So, but definitely go in, check out that episode and go back and listen to all of our episodes. We know on the website, we had a minor glitch in relation to some of the HTML sites going 404. We've figured that out. It was an archiving issue and we're working to fix it. All of the new episodes, the last three episodes are there. There's absolutely no issue. And we know for a fact though, that you can still reach out on any of the apps that mm-hmm. we're on and listen to all of the shows. Yes. It's just yes. that, just the website. Right. So. Yeah. And we're working on fixing that for you. Right. Uh, we did start the Facebook group that Mike mentioned, uh, Business Time Podcast. That's with an exclamation point. It is. Um, when you join that, it will ask you a question. You don't have to answer it, but we'd, it would be much appreciated. Um, just what you want to hear us talk about. And, and you'll hear us talk, you know, use the term deep dive. Uh, you know, Mike and I are <laughs> divers, so we do yeah. we do like to to use that nomenclature. But um, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, just, uh, and also uh, tell us where you're at, you know, when you when you do want us to do a deep dive. Say, hey, you know, I'm Mokahana from, you know, North Carolina or, you know, so-and-so from Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, or D.C. or L.A., wherever. Right. Yeah. Because we want to know. And we've got, we've actually got some shout outs from individuals yeah. that did do that. Right. Yeah. So we've got a gentleman by the name of Brett Alexander. And uh, Brett wants us to talk about the best of the best restaurant managers. Yeah. And, you know, a little shout out to Brett. <laughs> I don't say it's a self serving question, but hey, you know. But, you know, one of the things that we're going to do is generate some lists. It's probably not going to be uh, a best to worst or first to last type of list, but we're definitely going to take the time because we spent time not only at our customers, but we try to go out, maybe mm-hmm. not as often as we would like, but we know that we're out there in that industry and we have to be able to talk about right. it. So we're going to put together a list of some of the best places for fine dining, steakhouses, bistros, etc. You know, the best Asian cuisine, best sushi, you know, where, where can we go and find, you know, I think there's only one Asian buffet place in town, but you know, hey, we can put them on their own list and just mention that one yeah if yeah. you have a specific restaurant you want us to to kind of do some research on on our on our own yeah and we know? may I tell you what this is another one that i promise we'll do because god love him ralph and i had this discussion uh one day when he was giving me a ride to work uh, my vehicle was in the shop and he was nice enough to bring me in and i said all right Let's go get Starbucks. And we ah. had a we had a discussion <laughs> about the best Starbucks in town. And so that's a, something else that we'll do. We'll say, hey, you know, your coffee drinker, yeah, we'll go to the Starbucks, you know, mm-hmm. and check them out and see which one actually is doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. and which one is giving you colored water. Or if you have a terrible experience, you yeah. want you want us to go have a terrible experience, please let us know. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll go be, check it out for yeah, you. Yeah, just say, you know what? You were right. That was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, that person was perfectly pleasant. Love the food. Right. You know, you were having a bed. (laughs) (laughs) So our our next shout out is going to go to Bruce Langford. uh, And he wants to talk about cybersecurity within the POS space. And I this is something that that uh, Ralph and I have talked about. This is an area of expertise for myself. It's my wheelhouse. And we're actually going to probably do a two part show on this because Mm -hmm. it is that intricate. And we also need to be that careful with it so that there aren't any misconceptions but 
I can tell you this. You want to listen for the show, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going to blow your mind. Yeah, and we might even bring Mr. Langford in on that. Yeah, because he was a, a cyber, yeah, he was a cyber, cybersecurity a... guy from Navy right. Fed. So, but the you know a longtime friend of of yours and mm -hmm. a friend of the shows, obviously. But um, we're going to talk to you. After we talk to you about the regulatory aspect of PCI DSS, what it means to the restaurant industry, we're going to talk to you about what's not actually being done. Right. And this is something that Ralph and I have already researched at great length. You want to hear this. Yes. And that's going to be the teaser. You want to hear that. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, again, shout out to Bruce. Thank you for, for asking that question. Next individual that we're going to give a shout out to is Bob Green. Ah, Mr. Green. Mr. Green. His wife is actually a uh, merchant at the uh, the Gulf Breeze uh, Market down there in 98. Oh, that's right. She's the Avon lady. So Outstanding. Go get, go get your Avon from her. Go get your Avon down there with Mrs. Green. Yes. And she, uh, Bob Green, actually, I'm sorry, Bob Green asks, is the Fed Reserve useful anymore? And we just got into it a little bit, but it is something that we have already said that we're going to start bringing to you. And mm -hmm. this is going to be, I think this is going to be our stepping off point. Well, and Fed now and their digital currency is going to, it's going to be a, a large topic during that show. Yeah. Sure. The Fed Reserve, how it's high, it's handling its interest rate hikes, how it's handling, you know, everything to do with the way that our economy is, is sitting right now. Some people are they're just calling it flatly a recession, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think that they're far off. And so how is the Fed handling it? Is it useful anymore? So should we go to an, you know, we're dealing with an economy that is not correctly backed by anything anymore. And we're right. seeing extended proof of that by Bitcoin not evaluating itself off of the U.S. dollar anymore. Right. What the U.S. dollar is and what Bitcoin are are two separate entities. Yep. And that the first time that I saw that and that, that panics me. That's yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We're, we are on that trajectory. It's yep. just a matter of uh, time. And so we'll we'll effort that information mm -hmm. and reach out and talk to you folks about it. And we we may do separate, you know, independent shows where that's that's all we're talking about. Right. You know, so economic indicators to any business owner. It's one thing to be dealing with economic indicators as an employee of someone. Yeah, you still should be paying attention to it. But as a business owner, you have you have to be paying attention to the economy, mm -hmm. to currency fluxes and to all of the regulatory and legislative aspects of your industry. And I'll guarantee you that that's another thing that you and I need to talk about because there are changes that have even occurred within the confines of the payment processing legislation that mm -hmm. look like big steps, but they weren't. Nope. Just because of the language of the law. Oh yeah. And so we'll have an opportunity to talk about that. Definitely, Ralph and I will get into that because we've, we've also done a dive on that ourselves just to get a better understanding of the payment processing industry. So, And then the final shout-out is going to go to Michael Diller-Jordan, who wants to talk about marketing and funding. What is this place going to be called, and how in the world are we going to get it off the ground? Mm -hmm. And that's a real—first and foremost, it's a primary concern. You may have this beautiful idea. What do you do with it? Yeah, how do you get it started? How do you fund it until you start making money? So who are we going to talk to about that? We have to talk to Matt. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, Matthew. And again, you know, we'll bring on my little sister, Vic, uh, Vic Lawrence. That's yes, part yeah, of her, Vic Law. That's part of her specialty, the, the marketing side. 
Um, and then uh, one of my very best childhood friends, uh, Stefan Ackerman, uh, we'll, we'll talk to him about the finance side. You know, and I think, that, yeah, Steph would be a fascinating person to talk to also mm-hmm. because it's not just the finance side, but it's also the insurance side. Right. Yeah. And that's a, he comes from both of those. Yeah, both he, those uh, So he will be a fun one to talk to. Um, and that uh, we'll do that, you know, in our next uh, 10 episodes. And I, I think that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have we we just really is a, a labor of love. We love doing this. We love giving information out to people, mm-hmm. and we're starting to get some wonderful feedback regarding it. Um, the the company that we're working with, Studio ID, mm-hmm. they've also showed some interest in the podcast, which is fantastic. And so we we hope to continue to bring it to you, and also to get it out to more people. So when you go to you know Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon, make sure you follow us and please share us out yes and uh, that way you also have the opportunity to you know this that's how the water cooler starts it's how networking also starts is Mm -hmm. that common thread hey did you hear this that brought up this what do you think about that right oh and hey one last thing if anybody out there currently knows anyone selling any used restaurant equipment yes uh please reach out to us we are uh like we talked about before we're doing the uh the the build for the restaurant uh equipment in oakley's and uh, we could use a, a little bit of help with that. Yep. And you can reach out to us. Just, again, email us at info at rltechfl.com. And in the subject line, make sure that you just put down kitchen equipment. Yeah. And we'll know what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that we're going to do here is we're going to make a uh, minor Minor correction, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going to take it down a notch here. We uh, made the mistake of stating that the costume competition that was going to, that is going to be held at Seville Quarter is not on Saturday and Tuesday for Halloween. It is just on October 31st. So, if you want to get into that costume that you've spent so much time on, maybe you've been spending some extra time at the gym, maybe you put that pizza down. I didn't, but maybe you did. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've got a great opportunity to go to what's considered one of the best costume competitions on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And that is the costume competition at Seville Quarter on October 31st. You can go into the Pumpkin Palace Paradise Cafe. I've called them all of that. (laughs) And and Ralph is always nice enough to quietly correct me. So it's the Palace Cafe. And sign up there is going to be at approximately 7 p.m. for all of the Marines and sailors in town. That's going to be 1,900 hours. And sign up for the contest. Now, there are actually, I think, three judging cycles. And they actually award it between like 12 a.m. and 1 a.m., right? Yeah, it's a, it's a late a late night for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, don't assume that you're going to go there and, yeah, just bow out. <laughs> it's not a one and done. So it, it, there's, there's pageantry, mm-hmm. showmanship, oh, you yeah. know, involved. And I've seen some actually some amazing costumes. No, and it's funny. They, they, they put a lot of money into that. That they actually event. do. They bring yeah. in a whole bunch of actors to to do the uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I remember uh, that. Shout out! Fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. And uh, the year that the first year you and I went down to it, uh, the woman who built the Raven costume, remember that with mm-hmm. the feathers and the LED lights? Yep. She won. What a costume! That was you parted. You parted way, and you couldn't move, ladies and gentlemen, in all of Seville Quarter, all eight bars. You literally couldn't move an inch without bumping into person. 
mm-hmm. people. I I had to throw my costume from that year away because yep. it smelled like you know drink. And you might you <laughs> might if you get lucky you might see Toga Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. I I will be there. Toga Mike and and you'll see Nefertiti Cam. Ah. So, yeah, and also you probably see her before you see Mike. Oh but... yeah, definitely. She's much taller than I am. <laughs> um, I'll look more like oh, I had a Nero. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, not Maximus or anything like that. They'll be like, oh, look at a little Nero over there. That's awesome. But uh, uh, Medusa will be there. Uh, my, my mother. Hey, hey, be, don't call her that. Well, she's a sweet lady. I know her. <laughs> <laughs> but she's built, uh, she is an, an expert in building costumes. And, and uh, yes, actually, she, she did steampunk. She, yes, she uh, is. Uh, steampunk crew stuff for your, your mm-hmm. dad and your mom. Oh yeah. So, are they going to be joining us down there? Um, no, uh, no. Out of town in it? Uh, yes, they will be. Uh, they, they'll be in Helen, Georgia. Oh, yep. all right. That's yep. one of their favorite places to be, and you'll be down there, of course. Oh no, I I <laughs> will hopefully be at home. You know, enjoying it, not being out. Okay. Amongst them. <laughs> this might be one of the first years that I don't go out on Halloween. Yeah, I uh, I, I will say that uh, that this may be more of a kidnapping, hijacking type situation. <laughs> I was going down your route. Um, and we, we, you know, in the condominium complex that I live in, we don't have any kids. So it's really nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of stay quiet. I might stay just home. turn off the porch light and call it an early night. Well, yeah. You know, you put on the conjuring, the exorcist, mm-hmm. you go old school, you know. No, maybe I'll probably Halloween. be, you know, at the ready just in case Seville has any issues tech wise. Well, you know. thank God it's. Not on a Monday, uh, so yes. we can at least separate that, right? right. So no, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll hope for the best, which we always do. But uh, yeah, head down there and enjoy yourself, and uh, uh, you know, have a safe weekend because yes, yes. we won't talk to you about it. Have a safe Halloween. Designate your driver, Uber, Lyft. Yeah, don't put yourself in a bad situation. Also, don't put anybody else in a bad situation. Yeah. You may not know it, but if you hurt somebody. Then the bar, the bartender, everyone becomes suspect at that point. Well, and not to mention the fact that it statistically, it's not the people driving drunk that die. It's the people that had no idea that they were going to yeah. run into those people. Mm-hmm. Someone coming home from a late night at work. Yeah. So, you know, we, we are hardened advocates of making sure that you use a rideshare program, Uber, Lyft, or have a designated driver that actually is going to stay designated. (laughs) So, but for everyone here at RL Technologies, Ralph Lawrence. Yeah, thanks guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with us. That's right. I'm Mike Fisher. Again, you can reach us at www.rltechfl.com. You can also reach us at email, info at rltechfl.com. And our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash rltechnologies180. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. And everybody, have a great business time.